Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, August 29th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. The United Nations is sending investigators from the International Atomic Energy Agency to a nuclear power plant in southeastern Ukraine. There's been fierce fighting around this plant, and many are worried about a nuclear reactor being damaged or worse. We have now new satellite images showing holes in the roof above one of the buildings near the reactors at the Zaporizhia power plant. So there's really a desperate situation that we're seeing. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. The nuclear inspectors can't get there fast enough. They should arrive in southeastern Ukraine later this week. National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communication John Kirby says the United States supports this effort. We we ascertain that by holding that plant, um, he can hold Ukraine hostage with respect to their own uh, electrical power capability. But with so much intense fighting in that area... Can the inspectors get in safely and conduct the necessary work? And that's exactly what the concern has been for months leading up to this of why these experts didn't get in there any sooner is that they were trying to navigate creating a diplomatic path so that they would be able to get to the facility in a as safe as a manner as possible. Our guest today is Fox News foreign correspondent Alex Hogan, who's in Kiev, Ukraine. We know that there's been intense shelling outside of the nuclear power plant, again, Europe's largest nuclear power plant for weeks now. And that shelling even last night striking the facility. We have now new satellite images showing holes in the roof above one of the buildings near the reactors at the Zaporizhia power plant and also shelling nearby in neighborhoods broke out massive fires on Sunday night. So there's really a desperate situation that we're seeing. And Ukraine's foreign minister today even said that this, according to him, will be the hardest mission in the history for the IAEA just given all of the combat areas that they will have to go through in order to even get to the facility before they begin investigating. And not only that, they're contending with Russia here, because when I look at the whole equation, it's like, what does Russia actually stand to gain by allowing these inspectors in? We've got reports that they have been almost using this power plant as cover. You know, I mean, you don't want to shoot anywhere near this power plant because obviously, like I mentioned earlier, a nuclear reactor gets hit. There's some sort of problem there. Why would Russia allow these inspectors in if, in fact, they do control the plant? Well, Russia has also concluded that there does need to be international aid in terms of inspecting this power plant 
because of the overlooked safety protocol. So even though there are still Ukrainian workers who are in the plant and Russian forces, they're controlling the territory. They have also commented that they do think that this is a good idea, having these experts come in and make sure that things are running as safely as possible. No one wants a nuclear disaster at this plant, not Ukrainian forces, not Russian forces. But Russia did go on to say that despite the need for this group to get in and invest Investigate. They will not create a demilitarized zone around the plant. And just for some context, that's exactly what international governments, as well as the UN, have been demanding that Russia do to essentially leave the area or at least create a safety net around it. And that's something that we are simply not seeing happen. Right. Because do we really trust the Russian military when you get international inspectors in there? I don't know. I kind of don't, especially after what we've seen so far in this war. We're speaking with Fox News foreign correspondent Alex Hogan. She's in Kiev, Ukraine, giving us an update not only in this power plant, but a number of other issues. Let's actually talk about the power part of all of this, Alex. This nuclear power plant, it's the biggest in Europe. Is there any threat of maybe Ukraine or at least part of the country losing power as not only inspection goes on, but say something does happen at this plant? Yeah, well, these power plants are tremendously important. There's more than a dozen of them that power about 50 percent of Ukraine's uh, power, electricity, anything that you would need to generate power across the country. So, of course, turning off one of these would create a very difficult situation, given that many people across the country already don't have power in some of these contested regions and keeping the other cities safely running to in order bring humanitarian aid and resupply troops. That is just desperately needed. So there is the concern of this finding at the Zaporizhia power plant prompting power outages across the country. And just last week, the shelling there did knock off two of the units from the power grid for the very first time. But thankfully, they were reconnected pretty quickly because of generators that were on site. And no one did lose power. But the big concern is of radiation leaks they're uh, at the site. So people who live in the area, residents in Zaporizhia over the weekend actually lined up to get iodine pills just in the event of radiation problems. And experts who are also in the area, like the town of Nikopol, they have quadrupled the number of times that they are checking the radiation numbers and limits just to make sure that people who are still there in the area are currently safe and don't need to take those tablets just yet. We're speaking with someone right there, Fox News foreign correspondent Alex Hogan in Kiev, Ukraine, talking about a number of issues with this war, including that nuclear power plant, which might be at risk, putting the people around it in risk also. We'll have much more for you coming up after this short break. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Alex, I want to talk about this Ukrainian counteroffensive. We saw it earlier in the month with uh, Ukraine. They didn't exactly take credit for it, but there were a number of strikes against Russian positions in the Crimea area. Now it looks like there is an actual counteroffensive going on with Ukraine. Can you talk about uh, what that has been like and what you're hearing about it? 
Yeah. So as you mentioned in Crimea, there was never an official credit taken from Ukrainian forces. They never confirmed that those attacks were at their hands, but they did announce today Ukraine's armed forces that they started a counteroffensive in the south in the town of Kherson. So essentially, they're trying to push back Russian Russian forces, and they did say that they were able to cross Russia's first line of defense, and that's incredibly important in their next stages of trying to move people back. Now, this comes also on a very symbolic day. This is Ukraine's Remembrance Day. It's it's kind of like Memorial Day back in the U.S. So this is a day where memorials were held, people gathered at churches and different monuments across the capital. At the same time, their troops on the front lines are going across, quote unquote, enemy lines and pushing them back even further. And people who live in the town of Kherson were told to stock up on food, to stock up on first aid kits and to stay home while they shift the narrative, at least in this town, trying to take back more territory. And just the night before, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky spoke to his country, promising to take back more territory. That's exactly what we're seeing play out live on the front lines. I also read a statement from a spokesperson of Ukraine's Operational Command South, a woman named Natalia Humanek, who actually spoke to CNN, and she is encouraging people to keep quiet about this counteroffensive. Remember the old term, I think it was from World War II, loose lips sink ships. Mm. That's kind of the mm-hmm. same thing going on here, too. Have you heard about anything as far as the everyday Ukrainian keeping mom on what they're hearing about this war? Well, we've seen that throughout the war. So in the last six months, every time that there is a Russian attack, especially when it comes to attacks on large infrastructure, typically the Ukrainian government doesn't want to release too much information about exactly what was hit. And the very serious reason for that is because if that is announced immediately. Russia knows where it just sent a rocket or a missile or artillery. So it doesn't, Ukraine doesn't want to give out that information and then basically share that information with Russia and they could strike that same spot once again. So we've seen that routinely throughout the war. And also there is, of course, journalists all over the world covering this minute by minute. But Ukrainian forces don't always want to share their hand, and neither do Russian forces, for that matter. Yeah, the chess match going on. You're one of those journalists covering this war, but you're doing it from inside the country. And it seems like you've been there for a little while ago. I think I checked in with you on this a few weeks ago, and you said you'd been there three weeks. How long has it been now? Yeah, I'm going on my fifth and a half week. I think it's all blurring together a little bit. But one thing that I just do think worth noting is that there's almost two different senses of life that are playing out here in Ukraine now. There's people in major cities like Kiev, where I am, who are going about their normal day-to-day life. And then miles away, people are living in the trenches, living on the front lines. And as much as life looks normal here, people still are dealing with that grief and that trauma. Kids are actually going back to school uh, in just a couple days here in Ukraine. And teachers have been trained on military tactics of things to bring into the classroom, which is just unheard of in so many parts of the world that teachers would be needing to do that. So it's incredible to see how every person that you meet in Ukraine is carrying some part of the war on their shoulders, be it 
mental strength, uh, the emotional heartache of not being with loved ones or the grief of having lost someone or being on the front lines yourself. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to cover these types of stories. Uh, and there's a, a whole team of journalists from all over the world who are here continuing trying to bring these stories out to the rest of the world, knowing that people have been listening to this story for six months now. And a lot of people, I think, have moved on around the world. But for people who live here, it is still just as real as it was in those very first days. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the reason why we continue to not only do this podcast, but send our resources, including reporters like you, to Ukraine, because this is a big deal. And obviously, it affects the people in Ukraine directly. But also, we've talked extensively about the ripple effects this war is having yeah. all throughout the world. Fox News foreign correspondent Alex Hogan in Kiev, Ukraine. Alex, as always, fantastic work. Keep it up. Stay safe. And thank you again for joining us here on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine podcast. Thanks, John. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. 